On episode 564 of Android App Addicts, Red is awesome, Fizz is awesome, CJ is awesome, and we go on and on and on. So sit down, buckle up, and prepare to be overwhelmed with Android and life topics. Hey Podnuckians, welcome to Android App Addicts episode 564. My name is Door to Door Geek. I know it's been about a month. We all have a lot of things going on, including, not to mention, Renee or Rennie Hald, a former Patreon who started his Patreonage, I believe, back in 2016, November 2016. Thank you very much for your patronage. If you would like to make sure this podcast remains completely ad-free, it is super easy to do. Just go to patreon.com slash addicts or quite simply click the notes of the show. The notes of the show are there for a reason. Dramatic pause. We're also joined this week by a utterly cool fellow by the name of Joshua Dennis. How is everything going, Josh? Hey, Dor. I'm doing good. Um, just cowering in place like everyone else for the most part, which, you know, which is fine with me. Um, wishing Ivor was here as well. So, Ivor, get better, man. Um, I'm pretty sure you're not going to get better mentally, so at least get better physically. Well... We can all like wish is what I'll say. My uh, father-in-law said you can wish in one hand and poop in the other and see which one gets filled first. So I'm not going to wish that Ivor is going to get better. I'm just going to believe he's going to feel better. Every time he watches the movie, the castle, he's going to improve by like 10 to 15%. And then hopefully, you know, any day now he'll be like close to like 80 to 85% feeling better. Maybe you should read the secret. I don't know what to say about that except for, okay, um, I'll, 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 I'll also say we have not done a show for more than a couple of weeks because, you know, we all have things going on in our lives. But I'll also say a quick follow-up is Android and Apple, a.k.a. Google and Apple, are getting ready to drop or release their tracing application, which... I believe they've also renamed. They're not going to call it contact tracing anymore because that sounds too, you know, accurate. They're going to start to call it something completely different, which is going to be much more politically correct, like when they changed collateral damage and shell shock to post-traumatic stress syndrome, you know, they to try to make it sound different than what it is. Um, and I'm pretty sure I'm still not going to participate in it. They did make it clear it's going to be voluntary to participate in it because I basically don't go outside. I'm not participating in it. If I went out more than two to three times a week, I probably would think I should participate in it, but I don't. So I don't believe I will. It's scary. <laughs> I mean, it's this is how it well, starts. I, I, I it, don't trust google or apple to do the right thing well, going forward or whatever type of government control is involved with this as well or let alone any trust- let alone any third-party apps that are going to be using this api well the difference between america and china is the companies in america are backed by entrepreneurs the companies in china are backed by the government except for that there's no difference 
Um, one podcast I definitely encourage people to listen to is the Pessimist Archive. And if you do not follow humanprogress.org, I beg you to never contact me, but you should follow humanprogress.org. It's a great website that only tries to literally focus on positive things in everyday things, aka human progress, not degress. One of the things that they highlight is the podcast, The Pessimist Archive. The Pessimist Archive today released an episode, and I want to click back because, of course, I've listened to it many episodes ago. The episode title was actually called The Good That Comes From The Pandemic. And the very beginning of the episode, they talked to a specialist that said, for any news source, for any outsource that's telling you this is unprecedented times, this is the new normal, are completely lying through their teeth. And 80 to 100 years ago, they were doing what we're doing right now today every three to five years. This is not unprecedented. This was the normal a hundred years ago. Okay. Don't act like this is something supremely drastic or crazy because it's not. This is just something that we luckily haven't had to do in a while. And I'll say it like this. There's been more than a couple of studies that have shown. I don't want to say it's been blown out of proportion because I love saving old people. You know, there are politicians, there are world leaders. Those are the people who are the head of businesses and enterprises. I think the old people are the CIOs. The old people are the presidents and the Senate and the congressmen. I'm cool with saving them people, but the young people really don't have a lot to worry about. That's that's funny you bring it up. I was just thinking about that today as far as how the the meme or the, the tropes are, this is unprecedented in human history you know the world is never going to be the same after this this changes everything and yeah i was just thinking the same things and you know i would imagine this has been going on for millions of years that things come along and now it's just more it's like everything else we're just more connected there's more social media it's easier to scare people there's more walking dead there's more you know, movies, pandemic and things like this, where it's just kind of at the forefront of people's minds. And it's just easy to tap right into that directly. And the fear is just out of control. It is fear, uncertainty, and doubt are extremely dramatic driving forces for click through potential. The other person I want to highlight really quick before we get started is Steven Pinder. If you don't know who Stephen Pinder is, you are not paying attention to modern philosophy. Okay. Stephen Pinder made it very clear that people are stupid. And I've gotten criticized more than a couple of times by stupid people when I call the average listener stupid because the average person is stupid. That's what's meant by the word average. Um, Stephen Pinder insisted three to six months after this is over, in air quotes, 99% of what we did will go back to completely the way it was before because people forget things very quickly. In fact, they want to forget very quickly and they want to go back to what they consider to be AKA normal. Um, and the bottom line is this is a virus. We deal with them every day. We deal with them all the time. This is just another one. Okay. We as a human culture have defeated nearly hundred percent defeated things like polio. 
things deemed unbelievably undefeatable. We've defeated things like AIDS. We have people with AIDS who now can live a complete life. When even like 30 years ago, it was a death sentence. When backed into a corner, the human people do amazing things. This is no different. Well, I think it's also an outlook on the whole situation as well. Like a lot of people are going into this or a lot of people live their life thinking that the world is out to kill them. You know, like mother nature wants to eradicate humans from the earth. And I don't believe that's true. I think that nature and humans in it is a symbiotic relationship. And I don't think that the world is trying to kill off humans. I mean, it's, that's what scares people is, you know, all of, it came from a bat from somewhere, so Mother Nature is trying to kill us. The volcano erupted. Mother Nature is trying to kill us. But I, I don't know. I guess I just don't see it that way. Well, you shouldn't see it that way because if there was some kind of nature wanting to kill us, they're 200,000 years too late. You know, they had plenty of time to do it before today. They're, 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 there's no reason to wait now. But I will say one thing that's not being killed is the open source backed Android ideal of mobile technology. In fact, dare I say, Android might be experiencing a second coming during this sheltering in place uh, thing because we have everything being used exponentially more, whether it be games on mobile platforms, streaming services on mobile platforms, 5G, 4G, 3G infrastructure, or home ISP bandwidth has not been tested like this, I believe, ever before. What was it? You sent, I think it was you sent me a a link, and it was something that uh, mobile gaming on Android was up 80% or something over these last couple months. Is that you? Or maybe I just read it somewhere. It was me. It was a link to mobile marketing reads, which I do not know how accurate it is, but it swears that mobile gaming has went up 62% since this COVID thing, uh, because first worlders cannot possibly cope, cannot possibly maintain, cannot possibly do things without having this kind of offloading, um, thing available to them. Um, I will say I know my kids and I know my wife spend a lot of times playing games on their mobile platform. Uh, You and me, I believe, are one of the people that really don't spend a lot of time playing mobile games. No, I go through spurts, but generally, no. Yeah, I mean, I play Stardew Valley every now and then and some other peaceful type games like that. Um, But in the EU and the US, a.k.a. the first world, uh, this platform mobile marketing reads.com says in you know since the covid thing has taken place they've seen a 62 percent increase in bandwidth usage and game usage since since then which i hate saying it like this it doesn't shock me um people think of the word distraction as being a negative condensation it's not it is what it is it's like a tool It's like nuclear. It's not good or bad. It depends on how you use it. If people use games as a distraction between cooking, cleaning, taking care of loved ones, communicating with others, and doing nine-to-five work, if they still have a nine-to-five work, then that's great because they could be doing much worse things. I've had eight people in the last eight weeks that I know die from overdoses and commit suicide. 
So if they don't do those kinds of things and instead they play games, great. I support them 100%. One of the, the stats on that article is also the, the, the number of, of mobile gamers uh, has increased by 46%. So it's not just the total number of, of, of games being played or the time being spent, but it's actual uh, a pretty significant increase in people that are using their mobile devices to play games. And I, I believe it. It makes sense. I mean, I if you can't go to work, have fun. Well, and I'll say, speaking as someone who's quote-unquote working from home or WFH, I'm working more in the eight hours that I did when I was at work. I'm not taking lunch. I'm not taking as many breaks. My bathroom is three times closer to me. There's no longer an hour plus drive back and forth. So I feel like when I'm doing my work, I'm actually, they're actually getting in some sense more out of me, which made me say to myself that when it's time to stop working, I am absolutely disconnecting and I'm going to do things that I like more. Maybe it's just me. I'd imagine a lot of people are are experiencing that same situation. Um, You know, there's people are realizing that they can work from home. Companies are working that they're are realizing their employees can work from home. And I would imagine that, you know, you want to bring the people back in so that you can have a, a serious eyeball on them. But I would imagine that people that are working from home aren't going to want to go back to the office. I can see some of the people might want to, but the majority will not. Um, and there's a quick link I have to bring before I forget. And the part of the reason I got to bring it is literally so it's documented and I can find it in the show notes whenever I look for it. But it's really difficult to find a way to search in Google Play for apps that do not contain in-app purchases and do not contain ads because there's no way to do it inside Google Play. And Google will never give you those checkboxes in Google Play to say only show me apps that don't contain ads and only show me apps that do not contain in-app purchases because they make money off of both of them. It would be like quite literally shooting themselves in their own genitalia. So because they will never allow that to be a search option, I found this and the the dirty secret is I've used this off and on for like a year. It is playsearch.kaki87.net. And what this allows you to do, this allows you to search the entirety of Google Play and you can include or exclude anything that does contain in-app purchases or ads contain ads in it. Because if people haven't noticed by now, a huge majority of the applications I bring to the show, I preface it with the app name followed by, and there's no in-app ads and there's no in-app purchases. Here's one of the ways that I do find those type of applications because I do believe those kinds of applications are coming from a, dare I say, a pure source. This looks like it just has a search bar um, and then trying it out here. Riveting, I'm sure. Um, You have to put the name of the app in or can you just put a general search topic Uh, You can put in any type of topic that you're searching for, whether it be like, 
if you're looking for something that can just take notes, if you're looking for something that can geolocate, if you're looking for a type of game like tower defense, if you're looking for arcade, if you're looking for multiplayer, if you're looking for spreadsheet type things, it will work. But I'll also say it like this. It is not fast. I actually tried to go through the about page and I actually tried to contact them and I actually tried to donate money to them. And I haven't heard anything back because if any kind of thing should be welcome to donations, I would honestly think this is the kind of thing that should be welcome to it. Yes, it, it is very slow. What I see it doing, I suppose, is, I don't, does Google Play have an, an um, API? Yes and no. They have a, I know they have feeds that you can subscribe to where you can get all new applications. I'm going to have to believe these people are subscribing to a feed of all of the different um, things that are being released on Google Play, and then they're putting them in a database and searching them. Um, if anybody out there knows of a better way to search any app ecosystem for apps, tools, utilities, games that are explicitly ad-free and or do not contain any in-app purchases, please let me know. This is the best, in air quotes, and fastest one I could find. The downside is I believe it only searches titles. It doesn't search descriptions. Another thing, an interesting side effect, I suppose, of people working from home is the idea of tattleware. And that, you know, just having to be in front of your camera or however else they're going to track you in order for insecure, whether it's warranted or not, um, employers keeping track on their employees. Yeah, and that's a real thing. I will say my wife's job made it no, um, no like hiding the fact that, that, that they were going to rely on this tattleware for the foreseeable future, which, you know. I don't want to say it is what it is, but if you work for private corporations, the reason you get paid money is because it's not fun. It's work. And hopefully the more you get paid, the more they can justify using such tools. And what, do you know what tools they're actually using? Um, well, I'll say this Zoom, for instance, has a built-in feature that can tell you if someone is away from the zoom interface and like playing games or doing Google searches or doing different things. So some of the software actually has built in tattleware onto it. Otherwise the people have to agree to install applications on their computer, which most people will not. Is that something that can be, I mean, I'm sure it's different in every state, maybe in every country, but can they require that? Um, no, they can't, but, you as the end user, all you got to do is just one thing. Load this kind of software on your mobile phone, have the camera looking at you, and then on your Chromebook or your laptop or your desktop, you can then go to any site you want or any tool you want or any game you want and play away, and the people will never know. Um, and speaking of software, okay, I've said it in the past. I've say, I'll say it again. Uh, the days of Plex are numbered. It will be killed. It's just a question of when. Uh, they've already had multiple complaints to legislators in the United States Congress to which they're stating, what has Plex done to help stop piracy? To which Plex says, uh, what do you mean? What's piracy? Kind of thing. Um, 
Plex did come out with a new update and the new update is, I'll say, it's honestly pretty cool, but I have no idea how it is, what it is, or how it works. That's because I'm not paying them money for their what they offer because to me it's it's not worth it. Um, but Android Police article here, Plex, uh, Plex launches its standalone music player and server management apps on Android to access the music player functionality. You have to be a premium Plex Pass subscriber which means you got to pay them a monthly fee. Uh, they once in a while do come out with pay this one time fee of 80 or 90 or a hundred dollars. And then you don't have to pay us again, which I'm sure they'll renege on sooner or later because every company does no company likes the one time payment option. They all fall back and say, Oh, we were just kidding sooner or later. And so will these guys. And I say that, and I really like these guys or else I wouldn't have brought this app to the show. If you're a premium Plex pass subscriber and you listen to music even a half an hour out of every day you need to download plex amp p l e x a m p application and you will have what i've heard is some of the best music interface application on your mobile device that has ever existed i still haven't used plex i'll just put it like this it has its purpose um it's great for sharing libraries amongst each other. Imagine if you could go to, I don't know, like a pirate oceanic port mechanism and say, let me search for, I don't know, the fifth element. And then you would be presented with multiple people hosting the fifth element. But instead of downloading the fifth element, you said, let me just have access to their library. And then voila. Voila. Sorry, I've been corrected multiple times by many anal people in the past. Voila. You then have access to their entire library. You can't download their content. You can't take their content and put it on your devices. But at any point in time, you can single click and you can stream their content to your device as if it was on your device. That's what Plex can enable you to do if you make the right connections. And I have no problem saying when you do make the right connections, Plex is insanely useful. Well, speaking of sharing, um, Snapdrop is something that you brought to my attention. And I'm always interested in simple ways to share content between different platforms and different iOSs or iOSs, different OSs. Um, so did you, did you look into this quite a bit? Well, I'll say I'm right now streaming it to the listeners. It's a very unique, is what I'll say, WebRTC PWA apl application. If you go on your browser and you load snapdrop.net, it looks useless and it looks stupid because it does nothing. But if you're on Wi-Fi and then you go to a second device in your same ecosystem and you go to snapdrop.net, you'll then see another device listed and right there you can easily and i can say this without hesitation very 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 easily send files and hold chat sessions from device to device without any extra sauce needed no software needed you just go to snapdrop.net and you can transfer files single files or hold chat sessions back and forth but it's also available on GitHub as an independent download for you to install on your local network. 
So if you would like to literally own the complete stack of this software, you can do that as well. Okay. That, that sells me on it. I'm a little bit hesitant about sharing something. I mean, it, it has to be going over their servers, through their servers. No. Nope, 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 nope. That's not how WebRTC works. WebRTC works almost like a peer-to-peer circumstance. Where, Because if you log onto this website and you do it from your mobile connection, you will not be able to witness or see any device on your internal network. Only if you're on the same subnet, only if you're on the same network, will you be able to see the same device to the to device. And then quite literally, you could cut off your internet connection completely in the middle of transferring a file, which I did, and the file will finish transferring. Wow. I know. Can you use this be in between networks? Could I send you something via this? No. no. We have to be on the same subnet. So we could have a VPN between our two networks sharing the same IP range, sharing the same DHCP subject kind of thing. And then we could share things between us, but that's the only way it could happen. Yeah. Wow, this, this is cool. Is a, this is a great way to share information, whether it be chat sessions or single files from device to device, whether it be TV, computer, laptop, tablet, Android device, anything else that can access a web browser within its own network with no software needing to be installed. and if you're extremely paranoid, you can go to the GitHub page, which will be in the notes, the notes, you know, the notes, the ASCII characters connected with every show that comes out on every podcast player, you know, the notes, and you can download the server yourself and put it on any piece of hardware you want. I believe it's even ARM compatible, AKA you could even load this on a Raspberry Pi. So did you say that'll be in the, the notes? Was that what you said? It should be in the attached notes, but don't hold me to it. Well, this because I've been so incompetent in the past. This actually uh, reminded me of an app that you brought a while ago called Sender, mm-hmm. um, which is X E N D E R. Yeah, and I'll, I'll bring that one again just to refresh. Um, it's a great app. That's about it. I mean, it it works between all platforms and different operating systems. Um, although I'm looking yeah, at it w- now and <laughs> the last two reviews are one star and something about the an update breaking maybe. Well, Sender with an X, X-E-N-D-R, literally has something like 10 million plus downloads. It's used by everybody on every continent, probably even Antarctica, to simply, in air quotes, send files from one device to another and not have to have software installed this is newer, so it doesn't have the install base. But it's also local. Yes. Like the sender can go, I mean, you could be walking down the street and see somebody and send a file to them. If you need to send information, single files, or chat on a local area network, snapdrop.net is unbelievably cool and useful. And if you do not trust snapdrop.net, they do have all of their source code available as a downloadable on GitHub. You can literally download it yourself, host it yourself, and you could be literally in Antarctic, not connected to the public internet. And you could have multiple things connected to a your own network. And using this WebRTC platform, you could send files and chat over your local network without having any software installed. It supports Android 4.4 and up. 
Chrome 26 and up, Firefox 23 and up, Edge 14 and up, and Safari 11 and up. Um, and I'll just put it like this. This is the kind of thing that, in air quotes, just works as long as you allow notifications in your browser. That's the only hang-up I found, was when I go to the actual Snapdrop website, there's a bell in the top right-hand corner. You have to click the bell and allow notifications to see files being pushed towards you or chats being pushed towards you. I like this a lot. Um, this is something that, uh, you know, the internet in a box project that, that I, mm -hmm. that I, uh, help with. Um, this might be something to add to that. That would be, it would be pretty beneficial if it's running on a raspberry Pi, if this runs on a raspberry Pi and you can just swap between people with their phones, show, yeah, send pictures I to each other or whatnot. I do believe it should work on ARM platform from what I've read. Yes. Um, okay. One more link I had to bring before we go too much further. And that is I saw more than a couple uh, platforms that don't mind taking money from people for headlines is the way that I'll put it. Actually talk about this, which was a pleasant change of pace. Vivaldi. Vivaldi is a Chromium-based Android browser that I, door-to-door -door geek, not Podnuts, I, door-to-door -door geek, personally believe the people behind Vivaldi have much, much better intentions behind them than the people who do the Brave browser. I said it. You can download the Vivaldi browser for Android, and it has native ad blocking and tracking protection built in and the native ad blocking built in is basically uBlock origin, um, which I will say Brave doesn't do at that level of ad blocking as far as I'm concerned. I could be wrong, but I'm not because, you know, I do my research. So if you like a more of an ad-free experience, yet a full-featured mobile browser, I cannot encourage you more. Check out Vivaldi browser on Android. I think it's one of the better options you have there available to you. I was using the an app you brought to go the uh, cookie jar or whatever the heck that one was. Smart cookie. I didn't find it pleasant. So. I will say, <laughs> convenience and security on the are on the opposite ends of an unbendable pole. Well, the only reason I Smart bring that up cookie. is because this. Uh, I'll, I'll give Vivaldi a try. I've I've used it as a browser before, and yeah, on that spectrum, Smart Cookie is unbelievably more secure. Not very convenient whatsoever. Vivaldi, to me, does a very good job of balancing the two. It is pretty convenient, yet it's still pretty secure. If you're diehard on secure, then you really have to use something like Firefox Focus or Smart Cookie Browser. But if you crave convenience, but you still want to be security-minded is the way that I'll use it, Vivaldi, to me, is one of the better choices you can do. It sounds cool, too. Okay, now I have to say this word before I forget. Yaden Tag I said. And I'm sure three-quarters of the people just said, what in the hell did you say? Yaden Tag I said was an application that was gifted to me by an unbelievably cool guy in Discord. And I will say this. The Podnuts Discord is, for the most part, quiet. But I'm a part of more than just Podnuts Discord. Just like on every Podnuts show, I freely mention other people's podcast. 
I'll also mention other people's Discord channels. And I'll say, um, Nightwise launched his own Discord channel, which was almost insanely busy. And Yadin, I already forgot it. <laughs> Yadin Tag Onset was an application that was suggested to me by a unbelievably cool German fella. Um, and he said, this is the kind of application, if you're a music lover, you absolutely have to check out. And one of the links will be to also a three hour YouTube video. We're three seconds in the guy in basically American English says Yadentarg Einset. So that was the only reason why I was able to even pronounce this application. Basically, this is a dance electric music discovery application available on F-Droid. You basically load the application up, hit play, hit random, and you will be enchanted by the world of electronic dance music, whether it be from South Africa, whether it be from Germany, whether it be from Brazil, Japan, Canada, or any place else. This is a very world-based, is what I'll say, music player. Um, and the guy's name who shared it with me, I'm sure I can't pronounce without extremely insulting him, so I won't. So I'll just say, if you want to experience... Second. Um, Yedentag Iset. That's the closest I can ever get to it again. Um, if you want to check out the premier, one of the premier electric dance music applications, you have to go to F-Droid. And I'll thank everybody who sends me these kind of links. I try to bring as many of them as I can, even when they're completely impronounceable to my incompetent first world American self. <laughs> I did actually download this and I did actually play it for a little bit. And I was shocked that every time I hit next track, how diverse the music was. It didn't all sound the same. It wasn't stereotypical as far as I'm concerned. And I played a couple for my oldest son and he just sat there and he just said, the only thing I can say about this music is it took a lot of thought to make it. Hmm. And I definitely agree with him when he says that. Was it the developer that sent it to you? Nope. Okay. Nope. It's a guy on discord who I've, interacted with off and on for years and he randomly just shoots me a link and says hey door this is cool and every time he sends me a link it's an android app so i gotta believe he listens to this show and i'm sure if i tried to pronounce his name he would send send me a message correcting me on his name so i'm not even going to try it but this is an extremely good application in the notes if you want to follow electric dance music and it's spelled j-e-d E-N-T-A-G-E-I-N-S-E-T. And just spelling it hurt my brain. <laughs> um, this is open source, too. This is, uh, I just found it on GitLab. Um, I'm, I would imagine it's the same thing. Uh, Yedin, Toggin, Set, mm -hmm. Android. Yes. So, yeah, cool. Well, basically, anything that's available on F-Droid, and I and I'm almost saying this too strongly, and I really apologize. Almost anything that's available on F-Droid will be completely open. It isn't always completely open, but it seems like it's mostly always completely open. I did not realize that. Um, one of the things in F-Droid, whenever you, go, you scroll down, it typically it has one of the first things listed is what is the license, and almost it's almost always GPL. Very cool. Um, I'm going to speak about an app 
um, which I know you're familiar with, but it's Pass Man. And it's the NextCloud password manager. And I've tried to, well, I made an effort to switch over from LastPass. And I've tried this, the NextCloud alternative, or one of the NextCloud alternatives. And I don't think I can do it. It's just not polished at all. And I'm not sure it's even still under development. And so I... I think I'm just going to scrap the idea of using Nextcloud as a password manager. I I I wish I could say you're wrong. I don't think you are. Um this was a great extension for Nextcloud that they somebody put a lot of effort in. But there's a lot of let's say circumstances they did not take into consideration, which makes it for a lot of people completely unusable unless you have like a genuine url that you own and you have uh and it doesn't always work with let's encrypt which is one of the ssl providers that's easier to use because it's free um there are certain limitations baked into this application that were hard stops for me i tried to use the damn thing off and on for two months because i want to use something else besides LastPass, and i do not want to use keypass because anything that uses the clipboard to me is like not developed by someone with a higher IQ than like 95, which, you know, apes are like 90 or like 86. So, um, I wanted to use this. I tried to use this. I couldn't use this. Now it's, it's, it's a bit disappointing. I know that we both were working through how to get it even started. I was having some serious issues with even importing, you know, the export from LastPass. It, it is unfortunate, but there is another one on NextCloud, which I, it's just called Password, I think, or something like that. So maybe I'll, I'll look into that. But there was something that that, that I couldn't get past even, even reading the description. There's some insecurity with it. I can't even remember what it was. Well, I'll, what I'll say is nothing is secure. If someone claims absolute security, you as an end user should never believe them. Uh, In my belief, for people to openly open the trench coat and say, here are my my vulnerabilities, it's almost like honest of them. Um, You as an end user have to determine which vulnerabilities are you okay with accepting. Um, That's why the people who choose passwords who choose things like keypass, I'm not going to say they're wrong. I just hope they understand what they're accepting. Um, I accept LastPass for now. I accept the fact that LogMeIn is the company behind them. And any day now, they're going to lay the screws to me. They haven't done it yet. So for now, I'm going to keep using them. And it's it's a polished product. I've, I've never really had any problems with LastPass. Um, I think it's just a matter of, yeah, they, as soon as they were bought by LogMeIn, I started looking, you know, not in a, any rush, but just in a, a manner of, okay, they're getting so big as well that the attack surface, not well, the attack surface as well is growing because they start adding more features and functionality, but just the, the, the mainstream, the mainstream of it almost, it, it's kind of like your, your Plex 
um, argument or idea. It's just once you start getting that big, then you become a target. It's why Linux doesn't have nearly as many um, viruses or anything as Windows. It's just why you don't need to attack the small guy. You go for the big guy. Well, the old word is low-hanging fruit. You never want to be a part of the low-hanging fruit, the easy targets, like systems like KeePass, like systems like Bitwarden, like systems like LastPass, like systems like Microsoft Windows, like systems like Mac OS X. You do not want to be in a part of the low-hanging fruit because it means you're going to be part of an attack spectrum even though you did nothing except just choose something that everybody else also have chosen. So... Be careful, everybody out there. The only constant is change, including your preferences should change over time. But my attempt at a transition, something <laughs> that should not change over time is who is a successful game platform and who is not. And Gameloft is one of the platforms that have been successful for a long time. There's a completely free application out there you don't need to have in-app ads. You do not need to have in-app purchases. And it's completely free. And it's completely T for teen by Gameloft SE called Gameloft Classic 20 Years. 15,000 reviews, 4.7 average reviews. Updated April 23rd, 2020, 77 megs in size, 500. Thousand plus installs, current version of 1.2.4, requires 4.1 Android and up, content rating, T for team, violence, blood, simulated gambling, and a little bit more than that. <laughs> On the permissions tab, storage, photo, other full network access. In short, this is a completely free way to access a huge amount of the content that Gameloft has released in the last 20 years, including... Games like Nova. Um, if you're a fan at all of first-person shooters on the mobile platform and you've never experienced Nova, you really need to stop listening to this podcast. Hit pause, download Nova, and play it. It's almost like the Doom, yet for Android. It runs that dang smooth. Uh, they, they also have things like Motocross, which is another classic. Uh, modern Combat, uh, Gangster... They have some like um, frozen bubble type games as well because everybody does. Um, I definitely encourage people if you want some free gaming to take up your time, Gameloft Classics 20 Years is a fantastic download that you can do. You don't have to worry about ads. You don't have to worry about in-app purchases and it will just work. And that's all free. Completely free. Completely, utterly free. Um the actual games that are installed, I want to say there's uh, almost t uh, 20 games. Um, Bubble Bash 2, Brain Challenge 3, Diamond Rush, Detective Ridley, Acroball, which I can't pronounce, uh, Gangster 2, Zombie Infection, Modern Combat 2, Nova, Near Orbit, Vanguard Alliance. I had no idea that's what Nova stood for. Wild <laughs> West Guns, Zombie Wood, Alien Quarantine, my Life in New York, Vampire Romance, Miami Nights, Fashion Icon, Date of the Ditch 2, High School Hookups, Soul of the Darkness, Hero of Serpia, Cannonball Rats, Block Breakers 2 Deluxe, Block Breakers 3 Ultimate, Motocross Trial Extreme, 
Platinum Solitaire 3, Texas Hold'em Poker, Midnight Bowling 3, Midnight Pool, <laughs> Avalanche Snowballing, <laughs> KO Legends. <laughs> High school Easily. hookups. That, that sounds uh, right along the lines of Leisure Suit Larry. It very well could be. I'll put it like this. There's no doubt this is called Game Loft Classic 20 Years. There's no doubt you could easily have 20 plus hours of free content available if you download this game. Um, again, I'm not hearing other people promote these kinds of things because they're not clickbaity kind of things like, you know, that horrible game just got released to Android. I can't remember what it's called now. The game my kids couldn't stop playing three or four months ago. Now they don't play at all. Oh, that's is that the one that you bought a couple months ago? Yeah. That I have no idea and I can't remember because I don't know what it is. It's a horrible first per, uh, third-person shooter that was available on all platforms where you could dance a lot. I can't remember what it's called. <laughs> and if you know the name of it, please don't send me an email at aaaaponus.com because nobody's playing it anymore. They all went back to playing Minecraft, all the kids, that and Roblox. But if you are older and would like to play other games, Gameloft Classic 20 Years, I think, is honestly a great alternative. Speaking of... Of Minecraft, um, my my friend's kid wants to install a Minecraft server on his Windows uh, desktop, and so his father, my friend, um, consulted me, I suppose, yesterday about him doing that and the security of the whole thing. So. I haven't looked into too much about like actually hosting a Minecraft server. I set up a Raspberry Pi with one a while ago, but uh, the security of a Minecraft server door go. Well, I'll say in in the realm of security, there's almost nothing to worry about. Um, if they're at all worried, I just say give them a pre-configured, pre-fashioned virtual machine VM uh, of a Minecraft server pre-installed. Um, the only security thing you got to worry about is their kids joining it, it being available to the greater public, and someone calling in, uh, connecting and calling their son a delete expletive is the only actual security risk they have to worry about. Um, Minecraft is old. Uh, Steve Gibson, one of the things that I firmly, firmly agree with him about is old code is more trusted than new code. Minecraft in the realm of gaming is kind of old code. Um, you don't have to worry about installing a Minecraft server and then having it overtake anything on your network and being exploited, is what I'll say. Even though it's technically owned by Microsoft, it's actually moderately safe to run. That was pretty much the same thing I said, was install VirtualBox, create a, a Linux virtual machine, throw it on there, and use it as a learning experience for this kid who I believe is 13 years old and, you know, make him do research on networking and security in general and how to set up a virtual machine. So if anybody's listening and doesn't know what virtual box is or what virtual machines are, do some Googling and have some fun. Well, or just literally send us an email directly at AAA at podnuts.com and just say you need some help. Oh, for and sure. I have no problem in devoting a couple hours in the next couple of days to sitting someone down and actually showing them what it is and how to use it. It's not complicated. It's not complicated. I mean, the, the whole concept is a bit complicated. I think it's more complicated to 
actually understand what it is than to, to set it up. Well, it's like this. Do you need to understand how your microwave oven works to use it? I say no. You sometimes have to just have faith and hit two minutes, start, and not worry about the actual way something's working and just rely on the fact that it's not going to kill you and it's going to actually make in the end result better. Kind of like 5G has nothing to do with the coronavirus. Now you're a conspiracy theorist. I've been a conspiracy theorist for a long time. And I'll say it like this. If you worry about people trying to overtake your data or your friend's data or your kid's data, this is a application that I found in air quotes, thanks to, again, the Nightwise Discord. Um, Miradora, I don't know how to pronounce it, M-I-R-A-D-O-R-E. It was one of the very, very, very few device management applications I've found that has a completely free tier and I've spoken now to two of the people within the company that swear they will always have that completely free tier available to everybody. Uh, and they have like three other tiers where if you want basic device management over your child's device, over your mother-in-law's device, over your father's device, over your brother's or sister's device, because you're the nerd that can help them fix their things when they go wrong, that this is an absolute thing you need to check out. Device management is a very tender subject is the way that I'll put it. And M-I-R-A-D-O-R-E, Midori. I'll say it like this. Unbelievably nice people. And I installed it now on three devices. Unbelievably easy to use and to do simple device management for free. If you require more advanced features, you can pay as little as $2 a month, and then you start getting much more advanced features. If you require highly advanced features, I want to say it goes up to around $5 a month, and you can really take control of your friends' and family's devices and be the administrator for them to where they don't have to worry about things. Such as what, or what, what can you do? You can remotely install or uninstall applications. You can clear data settings. You can access stuff like their camera and say, now point your phone at like your router or your washing machine or your uh, heat pump and show me what's wrong. Um, the level of administration you can get from these kind of mobile device management applications is almost insane is the way that I'll put it. Um, you're way off to on the on the pricing. It's actually okay. it's free, and then the business is two dollars, and enterprise it goes up to three three dollars. Right. I, well, I do think the enterprise plus might be five dollars U S American dollars, but yes, I'm I'm sorry, two dollars per device or three dollars per device. If you and let me tell you something, the three dollars per device, a lot of other platforms. That level of support is nearly ten dollars per, per 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 device, and this is the kind of company where they said if you get in now, you will lock in your prices. So m i r a d o r e dot com. I would definitely check them out. I think you did a, a really good job of pronouncing their name too. I mean, I would say Mirad Miradora Miradore. Well. Well, I talked to him like three times over chat and I never once stopped and thought, how do you pronounce this crap? Because, you know, ever since like 2002, it's become more and more difficult to 
pronounce websites and web services? Um, since I'm a, a derelict and did no preparation for this, I'm going to poach another another one off of your list because it has an interesting name, but I just looking at it, I don't fully understand what it's doing. But it's uh, simplepush.io, uh, the easiest way to send push notifications to your device. So could you uh, go into depth on that one a little bit? Well, what I'll say is simplepush.io is actually a front end to a much richer, deeper ecosystem is the way that I'll put it. Um, and I'm speaking slowly because I need to make sure that I copy and paste multiple things before I start talking too quickly. Okay. Um, simple push. Um, there's going to be three links in the notes back to back to back. One of them is going to be to the github.io. One of them will be to the Android application. Okay. Uh, so AKA, if you want to, you can build this yourself. You don't have to rely on other people's code. Okay. If you're really worried, AKA, if you work at the department of defense and you want this kind of functionality, you don't have to worry about outside sources. You can go to this simplepush.io, download it yourself, compile it yourself and run it yourself on your own Android device. And then there's NTFY. Uh, NTFY is an example of how you can use things like Simple Push inside of your network. So you can say using NTFY, I want to copy a file from X to Y. This is like a 20 terabyte file. I want to be notified when this file is done. You can then pipe it through an application like Simple Push. So then you can then start the copying process. You can go outside. You can mow your grass. You can go to the store. You can go and hunt buffalo if you want. And then the split second that this copy is done, you'll be notified on your mobile device using completely open source technologies that you as an end user can own yourself or you can simply just download the simple push from the Android play and utilize it yourself. Uh, you can use this with any task. You can then say whenever my thermostat goes above 79 degrees, hypothetically, give me a push notification. Anytime it detects water near my hot water heater, send me a push notification. Anytime my child accesses a website with the word porn in it, send me a notification. Anytime my wife walks by a camera by my front door, send me a push notification. These are the kinds of things that Simple Push can help people in connecting those two ecosystems together. Um, using devices like Raspberry Pis, using things like IP cameras, or using things like simple command line driven tasks whether it be a Windows command file or batch file or PowerShell or anything in Linux using the command line interface, you can pipe it through simple push and you can then say, give me a notification when this task is done on my mobile device using this application. I've used it a couple times is what I'll say. I really am not a Linux nerd. I'm not a Linux maven. I'm not a Linux guru. I'm a noob in every sense of the world, because I don't have the time to sit down and drill through any of this stuff. I got it working in less than 20 minutes, simply copying and pasting commands from these websites. And I was able to say, 
when there was motion sensitivity by this IP camera to send me a notification via simple push. And I was able to get to get it to work even when I was outside of my network. I'm, I, I was shocked at how easy it was. I'm, I'm remembering the first few episodes of Linux for the rest of us. And I'm pretty sure that, that Steve called you a Linux maven. He did. Just throwing that out there. In perspective. It's kind of like, I think that your beard is glorious, but I hope you realize you wouldn't win a single beard competition because there are other people out there with more glorious beards than you. But compared to my... I heard store. I know, but compared to my bare face looking like a preteen chin, you are magnificent, sir. There's more of it. You are... I know. You're the beard maven, you know? Per um perspective is reality. Would would this be something that you could use with an Arduino? Do you reckon, or like I an ESP device, something like that? I don't see why you couldn't use it with any level of IoT infrastructure, whether it be like the ESP single chip on a board kind of thing, or complete, you know. 20,000 Windows Server infrastructure. It could all take advantage of this application. That's interesting. Um, so in your your non-Maven opinion, would this be something, say you were creating a project and with, with I don't know, a motion sensor, Ar- Ar- Arduino with a motion sensor, and you wanted to get a notification, do you think that this would be the best the best way to do it? I think this- it would be a s- simple way to do it to where you won't have to recreate the wheel. Um, one of the things I firmly believe in computing is don't reinvent the wheel because you'll never do it as good as somebody else who's done it before you who spent 20 years doing it. If you just need simple push notifications on your mobile device this is an absolute no like um no work involved set it up and you'll get yourself push notifications from scheduled task or iot sensors or mqtt type infrastructure and if you're listening to an android aka a uh, like podcast and they don't know what mqtt is I encourage you to unsubscribe because also that podcast will probably shove ads down your throat for technologies they don't even understand. And I would say that whenever Dor says to stop listening, I would translate that to Google it or Bing it (laughs) or DuckDuckGo it. And I have no problem saying that I have no problem saying I am basically the only podcast out there I've ever listened to that has the audacity, that has the gall that has the confidence to tell you to stop listening because sometimes people should just stop listening and just keep watching episodes of like the bachelor or some other crime drama on TV. That's not realistic, but, 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 but I had just the kind of application that might tickle you there, Josh. It comes with a caveat. It might be completely useless or it could be completely all-inspiringly insightful. It depends on what you peruse on the site known as the Reddit. Okay, it's called Remove for Reddit. And essentially, we've 
Okay, let me stop. Almost, I almost had a cognitive bias moment there. Some of us out there have perused Reddit and then have came across Reddit threads where all of a sudden you see comment deleted, comment deleted, comment deleted, comment deleted, comment deleted. And it goes on for like 40 or 50 times. And you say to yourself, my goodness, what could have these people said that was so offensive or so accurate that people wanted to hide? How could I ever know what could have been said? Well, remove for Reddit by Hun Hum Zanaman, H U M Z A M A N, under the social category E for everyone. No in app ads, no in app purchases, completely free, 95 downloads, 4.9 average reviews. Um, Minor bug fixes, comment log, I love you all. Updated April 2nd, 2020, size 1.1 meg in size. Sweet. 1,000 plus installs, current version 1.5.2, requires 5.1 Android and, uh, and up. Content rating E for everyone. Permission details, full network access. That's the sign of somebody that knows what they're doing and they're not trying to sell your data. Okay, long story short. You literally go to your Reddit application of choice. You see a comment that says it was removed by the uh, author or just removed. You then highlight that comment. You then say share that comment. You then say share it with its application removed. This application can go back in time and tell you what that comment actually said. I'll just say it like this. I found this application literally enlightening it was fun it was dang near fun a good 80 percent of what i revealed was useless but there was one out of every like 10 or 20 things that i revealed that was very eye-opening and i understood why the original author deleted the comment but as a third-party participant it was very enlightening for me to see what these other people had to say i wish they could do this for every every website every app um circle back around to last time we spoke i had mentioned that i purchased a an application called uh, doodle which is only for windows and mac which is extremely unfortunate um but i was i've used it i created a, a small video whiteboard video for internet in a box and the app is not good like it's not it's slow it actually you can't locally save your project it it uh, is a web-based it's an application on the computer but it's the saving is web-based somewhere don't even know um, and it's slow and it's kind of buggy and I was doing some I was just looking for some reviews or some alternatives today and I saw one that had a bunch of reviews and they were all just just rainbows and unicorns. And I said, okay, what, you know, where did you parse this from? Because I can guarantee you that these are not accurate. And I saw another one that was all one star and two stars. Just, you know, this is crap. So to have something where you could actually like parse where or see where, where these these reviews came from and see all the rest of the reviews would be great. Well, and I'll say depending on the Reddit post will directly depend on what you're looking up. Um, 
if you're only looking up Kim Kardashian images, expect what you find to be useless and stupid. If you're looking up 5G causing coronavirus, expect to the comments being deleted are completely useless and stupid. So be very particular about what you research when you're looking at the individual comments. This again harkens back to navigating digital information from SciShow. And if you haven't watched it and you send me an email ever in your life or my life and you haven't watched it, I'm pretty sure I'm going to ignore everything you say. Um, because nothing on the internet is completely black or white. There is stuff on Reddit that is gold. There is stuff on Reddit that if you pay any attention to it, I really don't want to know. So. Good luck using this application. Good luck doing your own individual research. If you find something super interesting, don't hesitate to share it with me and just tell me it's interesting. Not saying it's true, not saying it's false, but just the fact that it's interesting. Um, and, and I have another link I, I honestly had to share here, Josh, only because if I don't, I'm going to lose it and then I won't be able to find it again. Um, years and years and years and years ago, I shared a service called Lucyphone. And it was hearkening back to the old I Love Lucy show where she took the physical wires and she was the telephone operator. Well, I hate to say it, but I'm, as far as I can tell, that service is dead. D-E-D, dead. Gone. Okay. This is the next Bex uh, thing I could find. It's called Get Human, all one word, G-E-T-H-U-M-A-N by Get Human, Inc., Productivity tool, 641 reviews. E for everyone does have an in-app purchase. No ads, completely free to download. 3.0 average reviews updated November 7th, 2017. Updated November 17th, 2017. And I'm going to quote John Mad Dog Hall. And if you don't know who John Mad Dog Hall is, hit pause, Google search, John Mad Dog Hall, period. Okay. Sometimes applications don't need to be updated. Okay. Okay. C coming back size 22 megs, 10,000 plus installs. Current version 6.0.4 requires 4.1 Android and up content rating E for everyone in app purchases 99 cents to 29.99. I'm still not sure what the in-app purchases do. Uh, permissions level, basically receive data from the internet, full network access control vibrations, very, very basic access. This application helps you not have to sit on hold for 20 minutes or for three hours when you need to contact a huge conglomerate or a bill collector sending you nasty emails or nasty mails saying that they're going to confiscate anything you own. Kind of like I've had three of them now in the last couple of weeks where they try to tell me because of my son's affliction, the doctor's office all of a sudden is coming up with Things from three years ago saying that we owe them money for. I use Get Human. I put in their phone number. I hit enter. And then basically when they're ready to talk to me, my phone rings. I pick it up. I say hello. And I'm talking to that person right away. I don't have to sit on hold for any length of time. Get Human is gold. It just works is what I'll say. If you hate being on hold, Get Human I think is a great tool. And if I could give them money... If I ever saw the in-app purchase pop up to me, I'm pretty sure I'd give them some money because they saved me time. And in the first world, time is money. There's a lot of 
terrible reviews on this. Um, when's the last time you used it? I used it three times in the last two weeks. Hmm. Yeah. And it, there's, and it worked completely as advertised for me. Crazy. There's two, one, 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 two, one. All the, all the recent, uh, reviews are all garbage, even by Wilbo Baggins. That's a good name. Well, I don't know what I did right. I don't know what they did wrong, but I will say this. If you have to call up an ISP, if you have to call up a provider that you really don't want to sit there on hold for 20 plus minutes, try this. Quite literally, here's the worst that's going to happen. You load the app, you type the number, you wait two hours, nothing happens. That's the worst that could happen. Okay. Then you literally just on your phone, call the number and wait on hold for 20 or 30 minutes. So you might be out two or three minutes of your time if this doesn't work. Sweet. Yeah. I hate being on hold almost, almost as much as I hate advertisements. How about when they're trying to sell you advertisements while you're on hold? Um, then I hang up and I call back and I threaten to drive a car through the front of their building, which I've done. Driven a car through a building? I've threatened to. I threatened to last week to a company because I told them, look, you put me on hold, then you wouldn't stop telling me how much you cared about me as a customer, mm. which obviously you don't. Yep. <laughs> we value your, your, your information. Yeah. And, liars, yeah, liars, nonsense. liars. Oh, almost like politicians. Um, this, though, isn't a lie. This is called Almighty Key. I'm, I'm sorry, Almighty Volume Keys Powerful Remapper. That is a mouthful. It doesn't need to be that complicated, okay? Almighty Volume Keys Powerful Remapper by Martin Sellergan Tools. 235 reviews. E for everyone. Does have in-app purchases. Completely free to download. No in-app ads. 4.4 average reviews. Updated April 28th, 2020. 2.2 megs in size. 10,000 plus installs. Current version 1.6. 6.0 Android and up content rating E for everyone, uh, $2.49 per in-app purchase. Permission, it needs a lot of access. Microphone, storage, camera, photo, pair with Bluetooth, modify system settings. Here's the reason why. This is a very ingenious, and I have no problem saying that, this is a very ingenious mapping application where you can say, if there's no audio being played whatsoever, when I hit my volume up key, I would like to map it to being this action or this reaction. Or this volume up and then very quickly volume down, I would like to map to this action or reaction. This is almost like Tasker, but only with the volume keys to where you can say, when there's no volume being played from media, from notifications, from alert, from music, from anything else, from ringer, when I hit these combination of volume keys, perform this action. Or you could say, when I'm hearing my audio, hypothetically, I never want to change my audio. Hypothetically, when I play my music, when I play my podcast, it's always at perfect audio. But I want to say when I hit volume up, skip a track. When I hit volume down, I want to say, go back a track. Those kind of options. This is the kind of application that can really enable that kind of functionality with very little effort and you don't need root. Again, almighty volume keys, powerful remapper is what it's called. It's unfortunate this is not compatible with my device store. It was only compatible with like 
uh, about a third to half of my devices, which I was kind of shocked with, but yes. Uh, that's unfortunate. I, I like the idea of this. Um, you brought up Tasker. Do you use Tasker for anything? I haven't used Tasker for six plus years only because I never want to sit down and learn the Tasker coding lingo. I don't have time for that. Um, it is my excuse. Yeah, I've I've had it. I purchased it 150 years ago. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever done anything. I've opened it several times and just, yeah, I haven't put the effort forward. Well, and I have, and I have no problem giving them money because I think they're doing a great thing. But I also believe there are great causes out there doing great things, but I'm not going to sit there and listen to their speakers plow on for three hours about things because... I gave them money already. I don't need to listen to them. I agree with what Tasker's doing. I agree with what why they're doing and how they're doing. I'm still not going to use their application because there's nothing they can offer me that I can't do without Tasker. You just brought up a an irritant of mine, and that is paying for a product or a service and still receiving ads. Uh, yeah. Amazon Prime is a an example of that. Amazon Prime Video in particular, where at the beginning of every show you want to watch, they're pimping other shows that they have. I don't need this. I'm paying you to not watch this crap. And that's why I won't pay Amazon any money that I don't have to. I go out of my way to not order anything from Amazon ever again, because if anybody takes the time to just, again, navigating digital information you do your amazon search you find the item you want and then you come back a layer and you go to your search engine of choice and you search for that same item you'll find 99 percent of the time amazon is not the cheapest source nor is it the fastest source to get things to you it's just the most convenient thing um do you know what else was convenient for a lot of people back in the day josh no door. Back in back in like the nineteen forties, Nazism was pretty convenient for people in Germany. Doesn't mean it was right. How'd that work out? It didn't work out very well. Um so if you just use Amazon because it's convenient, then you really owe it to yourself to look elsewhere because you're giving them more than money. You're giving them market share and eyeballs. And and that is I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily, but that's also kind of a US centric view i think um yes because even here in Scandinavia, it's a lot more difficult to get anything that you want to that you want to order online or at a local store for that matter well i mean i'm a weird fellow w-e-i-r-d i'm a western educated industrialized rich democratic fella and i can only give you the viewpoint from me um, and as far as I can tell, people all around me are infatuated with going to Amazon and they can't go anywhere else, which is why I beg people, go someplace else, just look someplace else. I'm not saying you have to go other places, but just evaluate once in a while. And if you're and, if you're listening to this show, then there's a good chance that you like gadgets and tech. And if you want to go down a wormhole, go to GearBest or Banggood.com and, and check out that funness. Yeah, and and like the Amazon video to me is one of the worst video offerings I've ever seen in my life. I mean, 
for three years I had Amazon Prime and it wouldn't let me watch Star Trek The Next Generation for free. They insisted I had to pay for something that was 20 years old and was niche. So I, as first chance I had, I dropped all Amazon Prime support. And now I might order from Amazon two times a year, maybe three times a year. Uh, it's only because I have no choice. Um, but nothing is perfect. Um, we all have to make our choices. Here's another choice I made, Josh. Uh, this was, I believe, a paid game. And now that I say that out loud, I cannot remember. Yes. This is called three, 57 North. 399 here. Yeah. In the U.S. right now, it's $2.99. I do believe it was maybe free or maybe less than a dollar. I definitely encourage people, put this on your wish list on your bookmarks. Okay, 57 Degrees North, Mighty Coconut Adventure, Action at Adventure, 258 Reviews, E for Everyone, Family Friendly, Family Friendly. Um, it is uh, 3.8 Average Reviews, Family Library Eligible. Updated February 6, 2019, 27 megs in size, 10,000 plus installs. Current version 1.4.0 requires 6.0 Android nut. Content rating E for everyone. Permissions, it basically needs microphone, storage, camera, photos, network access, the whole like gamut kind of thing. The best way I can describe this is it's a game, but it really isn't a game. What this is, this is a dramatic, interactive story. This is retelling an experience, a um, not real experience. This is a dramatic retelling story of what could happen between a couple people and basically the insane Arctic um, Alaskan Ocean. And I don't know if you can know about the um, waterways up by Alaska, but they are extremely deadly. Hence, we have these horrible shows on America called Deadliest Catch. Um because these waterways are quite literally deadly. Um, this is a like choose your own adventure with really good visuals, really good voiceovers. And it's the kind of thing where you might be able to download it once and in less than two hours go through it. But if you quote unquote play it again, you can see completely different interactions and completely different endings. This is available in VR mode, but it's also available in just normal Android view mode. Um, I played this for easy 45 minutes and I was kind of enthralled with it. I showed it to my kid. He then immediately bought it on his, um, I can't even remember the name of his VR headset, but it's the cheapest one possible is what I'll say. And he absolutely loved it. Even though he said he's never going to load it again. He immediately told two of his friends and said, this was a great VR experience. In the video at the beginning, it shows some sort of cube. Um, yeah, he had that. Okay, so that's the VR part, is that it's a, a virtual cube that you turn. Um, it, this looks, from the video, it looks like a choose-your-own-adventure Truman Show um, type of scenario. Yeah, I'll definitely go go by that. It, it's a interactive choose-your-own-adventure thing. 57 degrees north, I'm going to guess, is right there by Alaska and some horrendous waterway of turbulence is what I'm going to say. Um, I can't say it enough. If you really do like to be completely enthralled uh, with a story 
and you don't mind spending a couple dollars, this to me was a great thing. And again, if you're part of the family plan or you have a YouTube family or a Google Play family, you buy this once and it will be immediately available to everybody in your family. Yeah, this looks like uh, the 57th Parallel North is, I can't really get a good good map at this point, but it is, it's cutting off Southeast Alaska. It's sort of a, the Aleutian Islands, it looks like, the North Aleutian Islands is where it goes. So there's your geography lesson for the, the night. Very cool. And I'll say uh, Fizz is in the chat, one of the many people in the chat here tonight. Fizz did let me know that it was completely free on Android for some uh, some time. So that's when I got it. And if you would like to know when these kinds of things do become free again, we said it a couple of times, instead of regurgitating these VPN companies that are paying us money, swearing that we're picking them because they're so great. Instead, we're telling you about things like the discord chat in the notes where you have guys like Fizz who constantly find free applications on Android, on Steam, or other platforms, and they put them in the notes. That's how I found this game. It was from that Discord chat. And, and Dor, how much are we charging for the Discord chat? Infinite money. If you can't afford infinite money, then don't click on the notes and don't go to the Discord link, which unfortunately right now is temporarily completely free until I fix it to where I can charge infinite money. I'm working on yeah. it. Yeah. Well, let me know because I'd like a piece of that. Yeah, kind of like I'm working on my gut too. I'm working on it. Stop looking at it. Yeah, but you're actually doing a good job at that. I don't know. I've put on more than a couple pounds here lately. Yeah, well, um, that's you, oh, oh, you were talking about working on your gut, getting rid of it. Oh, I see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, here's another link I want to put out there. Me and Josh have pushed Jitsi Meat. Um, we are both mildly disgusted at the absolute incompetent people promoting things like zoom or skype or any other of these closed solutions this is a one that i found that seems to me that it seems to be just as floss loving free libra open source just as free just as privacy focused as other things that me and Justin found out there. It's called jami.net. I will say I did download it and I did install it on at least two devices. I'm not going to say it's better or worse than any other solution. I will say it ran surprisingly good. It, it ran pretty smooth. It is available on Windows, Linux, Mac, iOS, Android, and even Android TV specific applications to where you can have screen sharing, audio calls, video calls, conferencing, or literally just text messaging back and forth. Um, I will say one of the things that I truly believe right now, April 30th, 2020, the one of the best things to show a crap ton of advancement during this whole pandemic this whole lockdown this whole shutdown this whole sheltering this place this whole working from home this whole thing is open source is making a lot of headway and this is the kind of application that i didn't even know existed 30 days ago i download it and install it and it is working shockingly good i truly believe 2020 will be the year of open source but i don't think we're going to know it until like 2025 um, so what is it? <laughs> you might've said, I'm it's, sorry. I was trying to 
look at it and it is basically just a platform you can use to where you can send somebody a link desktop in windows mac or linux mobile irs or android or even an android set top tv kind of ecosystem to where you can literally just have voice calls back and forth video calls back and forth screen sharing on any of those devices back and forth conferencing with more than just two people um i believe they have a limit of 100 which must be realistic that should meet anyone's need or you could literally just have text messaging back and forth from device to device in a very i'll just say put it like this decentralized privacy focused ecosystem and so what are what are they using do you know what they're using as far as they're using what everyone else is using which is just WebRTC and i believe xmpp for the ascii characters the texts go back and forth um their interface i'll say it like this it is dang polished i don't know if it's polished enough for the dare i say real estate agent dare i say trucker dare i say teacher dare i say executive dare i say trash man dare i say child i don't know if all of them can use it as easy as i could use it but i'll say it like this it was very easy i believe to use jami.net shockingly good is what i'll say and i love the fact that we have so many choices now i don't know which one's the right one what how would you compare it to jitsi i'll say on desktop it's equal to jitsi on mobile it might be a little bit easier to use a little bit quicker to use kind of thing um maybe on a windows desktop or a mac desktop it might be harder or easier to use i don't know because i don't have either one of those desktops but on linux in chrome and firefox and vivaldi and brave and like three other browsers that i have installed it seemed to work without any issue and did you install it on a server at your house or no because every time i try to install anything here locally on a server for the last like three months nothing seems to work for me and the real question is do you know if it's arm compatible um as a client everything worked on arm the browser and the mobile worked perfectly the server i was very unclear if it was arm compatible or not one thing that is i've been delving into quite a bit lately is ubuntu 20 for raspberry pi and so i'm thinking that that might open up the door or for more um, innovation on on ARM because they actually offer a 64-bit operating system as well, which is which is great, which is something that Raspberry Pi needs. And going forward, hopefully, all of these things will will be able to be ported to to ARM architecture, including the Raspberry Pi. Yeah, I will say. They're one of the people literally pushing the limits and drawing attention to such platforms. I can't wait for people like VMware to finally devote public media towards such a thing because then it will only get even better. Um, I will say jami.net. If you're at all interested, go ahead and it's very free, very easy to check out. They openly say that this is unlimited without re uh restrictions on the size of files that you share the speed that is 
allocated to you, the bandwidth you have, the features that are available to you, the number of accounts, the storage, or anything else. And that's one of the things that I happily say every other closed platform restricts. Whether it's Zoom, whether it's Skype, whether it's Google Meet, whether it's Teams, they all have artificial limits in place. You know, kind of like the artificial limits on how much women get paid. I went there because it's completely artificial, kind of like Skype and Zoom. And yet the same people who argue for equality use those kinds of tools, which me in the open source world call disgusting hypocrites. Well, I think that they're using those type of tools makes them tools. But it's also like the restrictions on the, the distance you can travel on a single charge in a Tesla. Yes, yes. And my wife, I tell you right now, the wife went off on me when I first tried to suggest an electronic vehicle because she knew of the artificial limits on Teslas and how, hypothetically, if an emergency happened, they could raise our limits without us doing anything. And she said, well, why wouldn't they just be raised by default? To which I said, well, because he's a scummy South African, Ellen is his real name, businessman. He's not for the people, he's for profit. And now I love the fact that people are starting to scream at the top of their lungs because, oh, won't you think about our, our blessed telescopes and how he's going to ruin, he's going to ruin our view at the night sky with all these satellites he's going to put up there. Look, attack him for whatever you want. Welcome to my world. You're about three years too late. That brings up a interesting part of my life that's happened in the last few days. It was two nights ago, I believe. I went outside right before going to bed to take a pee on a tree. And I looked up and there was a line across the sky. And it looked it looked like a, uh, a contrail a bit, but it was all the way across. It went from north to south all the way across the sky and it stayed there and it stayed there and it, and it moved gradually across the sky and it was, it was just there. And I, I tried to figure out what it was and I've, I've had no answers and I checked with other people and they saw it as well. And I've never seen, I've never seen anything like that. Was it like less than two hours after, uh, was it possibly less than two to two and a half hours after dusk probably yes okay because here's the whole dirty secret okay if you're at ground level and the sun sets if you're in a hundred story building you can still clearly see the sun okay so if you go up even higher that then is still experiencing the sun even though you think it's clearly night and the starlink satellites that have been put up have been putting lines across the night sky, but only when it can still see the sun and you can't. So realistically, the whole Skylink, and to be honest, Jeff Bezos is doing some similar things, but nobody's talking about that. Uh, we're uh, for anywhere from an hour and a half to two and a half hours after dusk, you will see extra artifacts in the night skies the way that they put it. And a lot of people have said it's been like a line going across the sky where if you had a telescope and you looked, you would see it's not a line. Instead, it's hundreds, a.k.a. nearly thousands of satellites all in a row in a line. And you can thank that to Elon Musk. That's what I had, I had thought as well. Um, and I, that was one of the things that, that I had, uh, I don't know. One of the things that went through my mind is, the possibility of what it could be but this 
it wasn't aliens. <laughs> oh, sorry. No, I mean, sure. Why not? Right. But the, with that, is it, I know what a satellite looks like. Mm-hmm. And so this is a sharp, a satellite is a sharp, it looks like a, a non-blinking star. This right. was like a contrail. Like it was a kind of a smoky, wider band that as, as the night progressed, it moved from uh, west to east across the sky. And it was full. It was uh, all the way from north, as far as you could see from, from, from north to south. Well, two reports I heard said the people who saw the Starlink satellites did go from the complete skyline from one edge to the other. They said it was a line. They didn't say it was like any way hazy, but it was literally a line across the sky, literally like a pen drawn from one side to the other. You know what? With that, I don't think I'm okay with that. I think that, you know, I've never really thought about this, but to me, the sky belongs to... Yeah, it sounds like that sounds dumb, but the sky belongs to everyone, and I don't think you should be able to drop pictures in it. I don't. That's a bit well, too much. I agree. It's jarring. The good thing, I'll say this: the we always listen. If the number one most requested thing at British funerals is Monty Python, the Bright Side of Life, because everybody needs to once in a while just stop and look at the bright side. Okay. The bright side of life is ground-based satellites looking into space are becoming the minority sooner or later. We have things like Hubble. We have things like Kepler. We have a couple other ones up there. I can't remember their name that can look out into the stars with such clarity that no ground-based satellite could ever see. Okay. So even the Starlink stuff, even if they put up 10 billion satellites, it will have no effect on those kinds of infrastructure. It will have an effect on our land-based radio telescopes. Is it the end of the world? Nope, not at all. Because there's only a window of opportunity that it can hurt our satellites. But the window exists. Um, I don't know what's better. And this is when you got to weigh what's better, what's worse. Is allowing everybody in the world to have more ubiquitous internet communications more important or is it more important for someone to see saturn or distant galaxies or the sun's corona or something i don't know i honestly don't know i don't i'll say this i'm not going to blindly side with ellen musk saying what he's doing is right and i'm not going to side with the people sitting at ground-based telescopes saying they're right. I will say, kind of like the African-American in the movie Canadian Bacon, all I said was their beer sucks. Can't we all just get along? Um, There has to be a happy medium, I believe. I don't know where where it is or how it can happen, but I think there's a there is an ability to make both sides happy. I think it would be easier to swallow if it were different people who were... Who are doing this. I agree. I, I agree like the Russians. Oh, wait, no. Um, One more link I have to share before we end the show off. I believe it's called Skit. S-K-I-T. And I've really honestly tried to remember this application for three months. And I keep forgetting to bring it to the show. That's why I had to just shove it in here now. Stick it in. I had to just stick it in now. Okay. S-K-I-T by Pavel Reckon. P-A-V-E-L-R-E-K-U-N. 
tools application e for everyone 703 reviews 4.1 average reviews uh updated march 12 2020 size uh, 4.3 megs installs 100,000 plus installs current version 1.6 requires 5.0 android nup which is pretty dang old uh content rating e for everyone permissions level oh it's going to need storage it's going to need photo. It's going to need complete network access, full network access, prevent dice, uh, device from sleeping. And I'll say a little bit more. Um, yes, this comes from the Ukraine. So if you're paranoid about countries, just stop listening to this podcast. Um, this to me is an utterly interesting application that can look at individual APA K files, things that are installed on your phone that can tell you, in remarkable clarity what this app is where this app come from what this app is accessing what this app's network is doing um when is it doing it how is it doing it extract the apk file and share it off if you know it's not uh restricted by uh extreme drm is, is the way I'll, i will put it um and give you pretty good graphs displaying data usage and what this app is, what apps are doing in the background. Um, with the premium service, um, I do believe there's a premium service involved where it will give you even more detail. I didn't pay that. Uh, I didn't feel like I needed to, I got a really good amount of information out of the free service. Um, if you don't mind being disturbed, seeing what applications are doing on your device, I cannot encourage you enough. S K I T by P A V E L R E K U N. And if you listen to any Android podcast in the last three years or three years in the future, this is the exact kind of application you will never hear them mention because they're all journalists who only go for the complete clickbaity headline kind of thing, like Facebook gaming or Stadia gaming kind of thing. And they'll never actually show you the user how to find out what's going on on your device. Period. Period. Full stop. And this might not be compatible with all your devices. It was only compatible with like a third of mine. That's compatible with mine. So that's all that really matters. Um, so to do a roundup of what we discussed tonight in no particular order. We talked about Snapdrop, the easiest way to transfer files across devices. Passman, early access by Passman productivity. Snapdrop in GitHub by Robin Linus, which I just wanted to say. Vivaldi browser for Android. Nova Legacy by Gameloft SE. Midore, no, Miradore. You're better at saying that one than I am, Dor. Miradore, I believe. Simple push, NTFY, sender. Man, I didn't do a very good job at this door. <laughs> Sw- swinging from the hip here. Uh, removed for Reddit, Humzaman social app. Get Human by Get Human Inc. Productivity. Almighty Volume Keys, powerful remapper by Martin Seligren under tools. 57 degrees north. By Mighty Coconut. I like that one a lot. Mighty Coconut. Jammy Skit by Pavel Reckon. Yaden Togenset, a free app for electric music. Uh, what else do we use? Play Search 
dot khaki eighty seven dot net. That I might have missed something, Dor. Yadentag I set. Yagentag I set. Is the best way I can pronounce it. Uh, and I'll say the one thing that we both missed is I cannot say thank you enough to Paul, last name I can't pronounce, uh, our newest Patreon supporter on Patreon. Um, I cannot thank everybody enough. We do not shove ads down your throat, nor do we try to make people feel guilty if they don't offer us Patreon supportage. If you send us an email, we're equally thankful. If you send us a tweet, we're equally thankful. If you join us on Discord, we're equally thankful. If you join us on IRC, we're equally thankful. If you send us a voicemail at 7076podnut, we're equally thankful. If you send Josh an email to his email address that provided, you got it, in the notes, we're equally thankful. We don't feel like anybody has to pay for anything. We also feel like we as a producer, don't have to shove ads down your throat and sell you like slaves to advertisers for income. We have X number of people give us this amount of money. We don't do that kind of thing. We don't ever want to do that kind of thing. And if you respect that, there's a lot of different ways you can show us that kind of respect and support. And I just said every way. I would say that we almost appreciate it more to get an email or a tweet, or discommunication from any which way. You know, financial is great, but it's hard times, and if you can't afford to to, to give to Patreon, take some time out, write an email. I mean, I, I smile every time I see an email. Yeah, and I had to stop almost a third of my Patreons in the last month, only because I could not keep them up. Um, and it's not because I'm not working. I am working. I'm working 40 hours a week. My wife is working 40 hours a week. I've given over $3,000 of my money, my and my wife's money, in the last 30 days to people who I know need it more than me. Because the federal government felt it necessary to ship me more than $3,000 of money. Um, me and my wife knew we didn't need it. We knew other people did. So I said to her, Let's give it to her coworkers. Let's give it to people I know. Let's give it to people who I communicated with because they need it more than me. And then I found out I need to stop some of my Patreons for a couple months, but they'll be all right because they're getting other Patreons. And that's the beautiful thing about Patreon. You can stop and go anytime you want. And in the Podnuts realm, there is no content that will ever be behind the paywall, period, bar none. Hear me now. I dare you to call me on it later. Nothing on Pod Nuts will ever be behind a paywall, period. And if you want to communicate with me about why we should or shouldn't do such a thing, AAA at podnuts.com, voicemail 7076 at podnuts.com. Do you have any other uh, parting words there, Josh? No, it's good to be back in the saddle. Uh, we apologize for nothing. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll be back again next week. And Ivor, if you're listening... And send an email. If you're not listening, why are you not listening, man? And his brother didn't come out tonight either, so I feel besmirched. And Um, on that note, uh, thank you everyone that did come out in the chat. CJ, Red, Thiz, everyone else. Um, It's always fun. Uh, Six o'clock on Thursdays is when we try to go live. Six o'clock, the real time in the world, which is uh, Pacific time in Canada. So 
I don't know what's going on in the East Coast there for time, but just remember, 6 o'clock West Coast Canada time. Very cool. And I'll say, um, if you would like to participate, just let me know. We will definitely let you know how to do so. Um, if you want to watch The Castle, the movie, in real time with us, let us know. We'll set up a uh, movie watching experience because I've literally watched that movie, I want to say, eight times this year already. And every time I watch it, I like see something new in it, which just makes me like the movie even more. Um, and that will do it for Android App Addicts Podcast, podnuts.com. And I'll like to talk to everyone again real soon. Thank everyone for their support. Thank everyone for downloading. Thank everyone for participating. And we'll see everyone again real soon. Hi, this is Matt from the MRP Tech Podcast. I would like to invite you all to take a listen to my show, the MRP Tech Podcast, on the Podnuts Network. The theme for my show is Everyday Tech for Everyday People. We talk about Windows, Mac, Linux, iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and anything else technology related. You can find us on iTunes and you can find us by searching in any podcatcher. We hope you take a listen and let us know what you think. Music provided by Steve Cherubino at stevecherubino.com.